Welcome to Stuff and Things. My name's Chase. And I'm Jess. And this is our podcast where we talk about the random stuff and things that come to our minds uh, that also influence our business and just our life in general. Yeah. And uh, it's been a couple weeks. Um, I feel like we kind of fell off the wagon of podcasting here. <laughs> um, it wasn't we were, that bad. It was one week. <clears throat> no, but we've, we were doing so well for so long and then we like took a week break and then we came back for a week and we did our travel episode and then we took another week break and then yeah. now we're back. So... Well, um, to be fair, like for those of you listening in Ohio, we've had snowstorm after snowstorm and Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of snow days. And like one thing about snow days is they are really exhausting because you go outside and you play for hours. And then like that just when you are older, that is harder on your body. Yeah, there's been a lot of nights of me falling asleep at, you know, eight o'clock at night on the couch. Same. (laughs) So, but yeah, absolutely. I I think that it's been, you know, fun for us though. Definitely. You know, it's been a great opportunity for us to spend a lot of time with our kids. Mm And um, we went skiing for the first time as a family. Um, And for any of you who know me, I grew up in Colorado. um, And so I've been skiing my whole life. Um, But our kids had never gone yet. And we just kind of wanted to wait until they were, I feel like old enough to really kind of understand the concept um, and well, be able to be like we had coachable. Three. Like you learned really early, but you're quite a bit older than your brother. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like because our kids are so close in age, there was never that like time span of you being old enough and your sibling not be, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So we wanted the youngest one to be old enough to be able to like soak up the information and um, yeah. it worked out well. Um, they, yeah, it did. They loved it. Um, our, our daughter, our youngest, she just took off with it. Yeah. Um, was like, where can we go next dad? Let's go ski this run. Let's go do this. Like, let's read this chairlift. And I was just like, yeah, let's just lead the way. And like, <laughs> just went ski with her for a couple hours and it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so we actually, that's kind of a perfect segue into today's topic. It is. Um, we're getting back into our, um, marriage topic, I mm-hmm. guess. And so we got two more episodes in this four part series. It's kind of broken up by that five on five, yes. um, which is going to be pretty funny because I think most of them will be broken but up I think by that's a five okay, on five. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Always fun to get a little break. Yeah. Um, but today we wanted to talk about um, kids, having kids, um, being married with kids um, and just kind of how it influences your priorities in your life, um, how it changes things um, once you are married with children and kind of what you can do to... Um, I guess, foster a a healthy relationship with both your kids and your spouse. Yeah. So we firmly believe that, like we shared, that your spouse should come before your kids. And I know once you start parenting, that's not always easy to do. It's really easy, especially for moms, to fall into the trap of putting your kids first. Mm -hmm. And I would just really encourage moms out there. You may feel a little mom guilt push it to the side because, you know, the way we always see it is like our kids are here for now, right? There are like, they'll always be our kids, but they're only in our home for so long. And then they leave and we have the rest of our lives together. So I need to nurture that relationship. And it's very important because if I'm not, then once the kids leave, there's nothing there to enjoy or foster or 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing there. Yeah, absolutely. Anymore. So you want to focus on building your relationship that's going to be there forever. Yeah. And like you said, like you're going to have a relationship with your kids forever. Hopefully like you don't Hopefully. screw it up so bad <laughs> that they don't want to be a part of your life anymore. For sure. Um, but, uh, you know, no pressure, right? No. But it is important to um, <laughs> set your priorities. And so that's why we're kind of doing this series and these four parts here. You know, we had God first in life was priority number one. Mm-hmm. Then our marriage was priority number two. And now we're on to the third one of, you know, your kids. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not saying that like you shouldn't, you know, prioritize your children. It's not saying that you shouldn't like focus. No, on, they like, should be your third priority. Building them or, the, you know, like anything like that or that, you know, you should be completely like abandoning your children Absolutely to like be not. with your spouse. But it is important to make sure that you are, you know, building that relationship with your wife, that you're, mm-hmm. you know, going on dates, that you're, you know, really like actually investing in the relationship with your spouse Mm -hmm. because like you said that's the relationship that's going to last for the rest of your life yeah um and you definitely want to be able to have some fun and be happy when your kids are not in the house and if you i feel like if you flip these priorities right like Mm -hmm. a lot of people get into that I guess, mindset of putting their kids above everything, like yeah. above their careers, above their like spouse, above, I mean, everything. Which I like, get it. It's, it, easy, it's to do. easy to do because like your kids are super important. And like, as a parent, you have a super important role in their life. Yes. But if you are constantly putting them above your spouse, then after the, you know, 18, 19 years that they live with you and they're off creating their own families, then what? Yeah. Like then you've had this 18 year void in your relationship with Mm -hmm. your spouse that you then either have to catch up on or won't be able to overcome. Yeah. I think, you know, there's little ways to really not necessarily like to make sure that your kids are still getting the attention they need, the love they need, the care they need, but also making sure your spouse is getting that as well. And one of the ones that we have firmly stood by for our entire parenting career, I guess we could call it, um, is having a bedtime for our kids. And we have kind of a, I mean, it's pretty strict and it's a little bit earlier than most people would probably put their kids in bed, but our kids are early morning risers. So we have learned that it just needs to be earlier for their sake. So they're not grumpy, but we've set that, like we set a bedtime, they go to bed at that time. You know, sometimes we'll let them stay up a little bit later here and there if there's something special. But for the most part, they're in bed. And then that is our time after they're in bed to really have that alone time, to really connect face to face and, you know, and spend time together one on one time. But we didn't sacrifice our time with our kids to do that. Correct. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of parents get into those like, oh, well, they're just not tired yet or oh, they can go to bed and like Mm -hmm. be on their tablet or play video games or whatever. And they can stay up till, you know, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And then their kids will sleep in in the morning, which is great. No shame. If that's your parenting routine, we're not shaming that. But like, guys, I tell you what, like if I had to stay up to 11 o'clock, like when my kids were staying up to 11, like I wouldn't make it like. No. But at the same token, though, like then you're still parenting you're still in like mom and dad mode mm-hmm. until you go to bed and if you aren't setting that time aside for you know a in-house date you know it's yeah. and that you can see it as that like you know dating your spouse every day you know you can really fall in a trap of like just neglecting your spouse and your relationship there and mm-hmm. i think that that is a huge part of 
why we stay so close is because we do that. So our kids go to bed every night and then we spend time together. Yeah. And to go back to, you know, like building a happy relationship and things like that. Like we have, you know, some yeah, semblance of a, the... a plan for our evening. Mm-hmm. So we're not on the whole, you know, perpetual, I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? And, and sometimes we, we, we're we still get there. there and, you know, we usually land on watching, you know, serial killer documentaries on Netflix. Always. But it's, you know, but we're still <laughs> being best. intentional with each other and we're still spending time together. Yeah. And I think sure. that that's really important. And it's not, like you said, it's not sacrificing time with our kids because our kids are, you know, out of school at three o'clock, you're home at three 15. And so from, you know, three 15, three 30 until bedtime, like it's family time. You know, we, we play games, we play outside, we make dinner, we eat a meal together every night. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a really big thing for our family too, is like time around the table around food Mm -hmm. is important for us. Well, and in that time, like, um, we just recently finished it, but we found like a deck of cards that was like a question a day for a year. I think it was a year. Like I think that. it ended up taking us longer cause we didn't end up using one every night of the week, but we, um, we would pull out the question card, we'd ask it and like everybody had to answer it. And it was just cool. Some of the conversations that were started mm-hmm, around sure. those, but it allowed that family time to be really important and intentional and intentional. And then it gives our kids time to talk to us and for us to know their hearts. And that's a huge. And we always ask some questions thing. like, you know, like, what was your favorite part of your day? Like, or mm-hmm. like, what was the hardest part of your day? Like, yeah, we really try to invest time into our kids with conversation mm-hmm. that isn't just, you know, normal, stupid talk. Like yeah. we, we try to get to know them. We try to get to know their interests and mm-hmm. you know, it, it changes a oh, lot Oh yeah, because they're, you know, always changing who they are. I mean, as they grow up, like, yeah. and they kind of settle into who they are. Um, but I think it's really important for us to be able to spend that time as a family, yes. um, you know, and spend that time prioritizing our kids because then they feel important. Mm-hmm. They feel heard, they feel safe and they feel like they can come and talk to us. And that's something that we've always wanted to set up with them is this like, you know, you can actually talk to us about anything yeah. and you can come to us whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you have something that hard going on, like we want them to feel safe to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. So I think that that intentional time of, you know, spending deliberate time with them is good. And we Absolutely. don't always like hardly ever actually like sit down and watch TV together because we would much rather like play a game that stimulates their mind yeah. or, you know, we got a pool table, like we'd like to play and pool with them or like, or whatever, because, you know, we one, our kids don't do well with you know, screen time, no, <laughs> they get grouchy and they grumpy get very and mean. grouchy. Um, but also like, we just feel like it's kind of a waste of time. And we see that in our relationship too, that like mm-hmm. just watching TV together is, is sometimes a waste of time. Yeah. And I mean, that is not to say that they don't watch TV. Believe me, they watch TV, but and like play video games, all of that normal kid stuff. Um, but we don't necessarily do that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not an all the time thing. And we try definitely to still have like family dinner time. Um, after we finish dinner, we read a book, a book together as a family. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just a really important tradition for us. I mean, I know a lot of people hold that, but it's just really a good, a good way to spend that quality time as a family. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, back on the line of priorities and like prioritizing your family structure, 
I think that it's really important for you to make sure that you are prioritizing your spouse because it fosters that healthy relationship. And when you have a healthy relationship with your spouse, your kids see it. Yeah. Like if you have an unhealthy relationship with your spouse, <laughs> your kids see, see it. it. Like your kids see us, at, you know, like your kids see you, our kids see us, how you know, we interact in the world, how we interact with each other, mm -hmm. how we interact with them. And they feed off of that. They yeah. learn from that. They grow from that and they become who they're going to become by our influence and, you know, other outside Sometimes factors, of course. Sometimes for the good or for the bad. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're not perfect by any means. Like there's lots of things that like we've definitely messed up, but, um, they, you know, they learn and they see that. And I feel mm -hmm. like if you are prioritizing your spouse and your kids see that, then they're going to know like, okay, well, that's how I should treat my future wife or my future husband. That's yeah. how I should be treated by my future mm -hmm. wife or future husband. Like it should be important that them to see what a marriage should look like. Mm -hmm. And if you're setting that stage and you're setting that standard by prioritizing your spouse, like it's just going to be ingrained in who they are. Yeah, and it, for sure. it creates a sense of stability. It creates a it sense does. of safety mm -hmm. and security because there are lots of kids in this world that don't have that, that don't have that safety and security and stability. And it's hard mm -hmm. and it's hard for the kid to grow up in that. It's hard for them to then become like a good spouse or, you know, it, it takes a lot more work and a lot more effort to unlearn things in your life. Absolutely. And it's really hard to unlearn things. Um, I think too, for kids, like, so often I hear that adage for parents of like, we're staying together for the kids. That's a terrible idea. Like, not that I'm, in, I'm not by any means endorsing that anyone should get divorced. That's not my heart for marriage. Um, but I just, I hear that adage, like staying together for the kids or where you put your kids first to the point where you're, you've lost a healthy relationship. And then that does affect your kids if you're fighting all the time, that affects your kids and it makes them feel unstable. When there's mm -hmm. a loving home, it helps them also feel safe and loved and all of those wonderful things because it's a safe home. Well, because those things are true, like they are safe, they are loved, yeah, like they are cared for. And like, if you're just mm -hmm. staying together for the kids, like you're, you should be staying together for each other. Like yeah. you should be staying together because you love your spouse. You should be staying together because it takes work mm -hmm. and you're willing to put the work in. You're staying yeah. together because it's important. Um, and it's important to set that standard and show that to your children so mm -hmm. that they know how to fight for things. Yeah. So they know how to put up with things like how to get through hard times, how to mm -hmm. like really persevere through things, because if they don't ever see that, then they don't learn how to, they do don't it. learn how to get through it. Yeah. And then it's just going to be another round of, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce mm -hmm. or, you know, it's going to be really easy for people to walk away. Yeah. And I feel like if you are able to stand firm because you want to. Mm -hmm. And because you want your marriage to work, not because you're doing it for the kids, um, then that's going to breed a, a sense of strength and show your kids that like marriage can work mm -hmm. even through the ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, part of what we lose in all of that is that I think that um, like so many people go into marriage, go into starting a family and they think of love as this like 
fairy tale feeling. Oh, I fell in love. It's, you know, it's this like this. It's got to be perfect or else it's crap kind of thing. Mm. And a fairy tale. Yeah. And that's just not truth. Um, Love is an action. It's a verb. It's. I mean, it's not a feeling whatsoever, because if we always went on how we felt towards another person, (laughs) none of us would be in love for very long. Well, yeah, (laughs) because there's going to be a day when you're like, wow, that was annoying. Yeah. I mean, but I still like even when you chew loud, I still love you. (laughs) (laughs) Just my own personal annoyance. But I'm just saying, like, I think that when you actively love your spouse, when you don't see it as this like romantic you know, birds are flying, songs are in the air, like everything's perfect, but you see it as this, like you are taking steps to sacrificially act out in love for your spouse. That's where your kids can learn how to love others and how to eventually be loved because they'll see what it looks like to act out love instead of just being in love, you know? It's that action versus feeling that then they'll learn how to do because they'll see it in action, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then it just bleeds into their life and how they can then love their future spouses. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's super important. And I mean, it's not easy. It's not it's not easy to be on like to, to think that, I guess, all the time, like to, mm-hmm. to always be like, OK, well, I have to do all these things because like if I don't, I'm going to ruin my children. <laughs> like it's. Like parenting's Isn't hard, guys. That a heavy like, thing? I mean, parenting is a heavy. It is thing really heavy because, like, you are raising little humans, mm-hmm. and like, they do feed off of your actions and off of your viewpoints and opinions, mm-hmm. and like what you say and what you do, and like, even if you don't think they're listening, like they are. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes on in their little brains, and it's all development. Like, mm-hmm. and every little thing that you do develops them in a positive or a negative way. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are so focused on like just making everything sunshine and rainbows for your children (laughs) while neglecting your spouse, then like they're not going to see like a positive marriage and they're not going to get it. Like they're, they're going to miss out on so much of what could be because you're so focused on what should be now. Yeah. And I feel like that's the trap that parents can get caught in really easily because kids are hard Mm -hmm. and you do have to be vigilant and you do have to stay on top of being firm, fair and consistent or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of little things that you have to do as a parent every single day. And it can be really easy to, you know, just be really tired at night Yeah, and (laughs) like, and, and neglect that time with your spouse that, you know, if you both work, like you're both gone for the whole day away from each other. Then you come home and you have your kids there after school and you have to devote all your time and energy to them. And if you don't reserve time and energy for your spouse, then, then when, yeah, like when are you going to do it? For sure. And I think that's a good segue too to talk about more about like the parenting side of things now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a quick break and then when we come back, we will, um, talk more about, like parenting um, and just what we can kind of impart to you guys. So we'll be right back. And 
welcome back after that short break. Um, we had a little musical interlude there we for did. a second. Um, we might have been we might have been singing all that jazz by Chicago. It's I mean by Chicago wow. from Chicago from Chicago the musical anyway. not by the Chicago the band. No, that would ooh okay. No, anyways, it might be interesting. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop. We thinking digress. About that. <laughs> like we said, we want to talk about um, parenting also. Uh, because your kids should be a priority in your life. Um, and they should be the third priority, which means that like nothing else comes before your kids except for your spouse and God. Yep. So like when we say you're putting your kids third, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're taking a back seat to everything. No, um, they not are, at all. they are the third most important priority in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important takeaway is to, to really understand that, your children are extremely important. Yes. Um, they do come before your career ambition. They come before your friendships. They come before your hobbies and your interests. They come before all these other things. It's just that your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with God becomes before them. Yeah. And that's not unheard of. No. Um, it may be kind of earth shattering to some people, um, but I feel that I it's, hope not. it's important. Yeah. Um, but there is a heavy emphasis in our lives, at least on like raising good humans. Yeah. Um, and trying to really set them up for a life in which they can be good humans to others and mm-hmm. be productive members of society. Yeah. So something Chase started to touch on um, and that I felt like made it a perfect segue was talking about like not making everything sunshine and rainbows for your kids. How easy it is to want to save your kids from suffering from hard things. Like who doesn't want that? I don't want my kids to have to experience hard things. And I'm not talking like you leave them in abusive situations or anything like that. I'm talking like they got a bad grade. And instead of swooping to their rescue and going and emailing the teacher and saying, like, why did they get this bad grade? You did something wrong. You allow them to face the consequences of those actions of maybe Mm -hmm. not studying or not taking it seriously. Um, But that's a big thing of that, too, though, is talking about consequences for actions. Oh yeah. You know, it's something that we ingrain in our kids all the time is that there are consequences for every action, whether it be positive or negative. Mm -hmm. And that if you do a, like expect B, I mean, and so we, we try to enforce that into them too. Like, Hey, like if you're not going to study or if you're not going to do your homework, like you're going to get bad grades. And then we, you know, then try to coach them through how to, how to study, mm-hmm. how to, you know, ensure that they're doing all their work on time, how to ensure they're doing these things and like try to help them obviously. Mm-hmm. And then w- let them be Yeah, like we've set them up. We've showed them what they need to do. We've mm-hmm. showed them the expectation and they've showed them what their consequence could be if they fall short of that expectation or the reward or if the they... reward if they exceed it. Yeah. Um, and so they then have to like succeed or fail on mm-hmm. their own. And I think that that's important lessons for your kids because when you get out in the real world, when you have a boss who's telling you to do something, you don't have mommy to come in and swoop in and call your boss and say, well, he didn't get that expense report in because he was doing this and this and this, and you should be easy. Like that's not going to happen. No, like there are real world consequences for your actions. Um, And so I think it's important to instill that in our children. But like you said, 
just not making it all sunshine and rainbows, like talking about hard things. Yeah. Like talking about bullying, talking about, you know, being sad and having Mm -hmm. like, or mad, like talking about feelings and how emotions are okay. And like how positive ways to express those emotions. Um, you know, again, consequences for your actions when you express them negatively. Like there's lots of little moments in a kid's life that I feel a lot of people shy away from Mm -hmm. that could be utilized to like teach your kid how to be a better human. So I think too, one of the things we've always kind of kept in the back of our mind is like, I'd rather them learn now when the consequences are small rather than when the consequences are huge. So for example, I'd rather them learn now that they have positive and negative consequences for their actions. Say they, you know, take their friend's toy without asking or they, you know, little things that kids just do. Right. But it's better for them to learn now that like stealing or lying or hurting someone, those things are not okay when the consequences are smaller. You know, when you can give your brother back the toy you took and say, you're sorry, as opposed to like being arrested when you're an adult, it's those like we want them to make mistakes as kids because then they can learn how to handle those consequences and they can learn that their actions have consequences. If I shelter my kids from everything and they go into the real world thinking that, Oh, mom and dad will just make it better. Then they're going to have very hard lives. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have a a rude awakening for sure. For sure. And I, I think that it's just important to, instill that in them. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like when there's small consequences for their actions, because we don't shy away from like what could happen later in life though. And I feel like that's the bigger thing too, is that it's not like we are saying, Oh, well you took Billy's toy. Like that was mean. It's like, Hey, if you take Billy's toy when you're an adult or when you, if you go to a store and you take, you know, H&M's t-shirt, like it's stealing. Like it's the same concept. It is. And so for them to understand that like, hey, this is a bad action right now. And if you continue this bad action, it's going to lead to larger consequences. And I think that's a a big thing for our kids is understanding that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we try to train them the right way, you know, good from bad and and everything that they do just Mm -hmm. so they know that. And then it comes around to the, you know, well, we've instilled it in them. Yeah. We've taught them these things. And then when they slip, mm-hmm. when they have an issue, we can say, well, we showed you like you yeah. understood that there were these consequences for your actions. And they suffer and, the consequences. And you, you made a choice. Yes. And so we want them to understand that they're are in charge of their decision-making Yes, and they are in charge of the choices that lead to the actions yep. that lead to the consequences, because if they don't ever have that and they can just shift blame, then mm-hmm. that's never going to teach them anything no. and you can't shift blame forever. No, um, you can't. So it's, it's really created a lot of like hard discussions for us. Like yeah. it's created lots of things where like, you know, our, our middle son had some, tendencies of lashing out towards his brother and sister, Mm -hmm. you know, physically for a little bit. And, you know, we were able to curb it and handle it, Mm -hmm. but we were able to discuss those things with him about how like, you know, we, we keep our hands to ourselves and we, you know, treat others with respect and with Mm -hmm. kindness. And because of those like actions of treating Mm -hmm. people with respect, like these 
other actions can't happen. Mm -hmm. We also add in a lot of empathy. Like, well, how would you feel? Mm -hmm. Put yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if they did this to you? Or if you were them and you did this to you, like we are really big on that empathy piece, probably because I'm an empath, but um, we're really big on that empathy piece of like, you need to understand how your actions affect those around you, not just you. Like, yes, there are consequences. Yes, you will suffer those consequences, good or bad. Um, but also you need to understand the way it affects those around you and and the relationships that that can either hinder or help. Mm -hmm. If you make positive choices, you're going to have good relationships. If you make negative choices, you're probably not going to have relationships. But it also teaches them how to just treat other people yes. with respect. And it gets into, I mean, all the other issues surrounding our world in today's day and age, yeah. um, you know, all of the social justice issues, all of the racial inequality, mm -hmm. like, and we don't shy away from that with our kids either. No, like not we, at all. We talk to them about these mm -hmm. things. We ask them like, how does this make you feel? Like, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And we try to create critical thinking moments for them Absolutely. where they can come to their own conclusions. Yes. But in a safe and like guided discussion, Absolutely. because we don't want, obviously we don't want them to be exactly who we are. Like we want them to be their no. own person. We want them to have their own beliefs, but we want them to understand the world. And we want them to understand that like, no, you can't go and be a racist and treat people poorly because of, you know, the way you perceive them yeah. and expect positive results from that. No, And I think that that's a big notion for us is mm -hmm. just not shying away from big things too. Yeah. You know, we watched, you know, the black lives matter protests on TV with our kids. We, we took them watched, down. We took them into downtown Columbus kind of after they had settled down. Like we didn't take them to participate in a protest because we were, but there were still protests happening. There were still protests we happening, but we didn't take them to actively walk in a march because we just didn't feel it was safe for our children because of other factors. Yeah. Um, like COVID. <laughs> yeah. Was like, the main, like, like that COVID. was honestly that was the, the main, main one. And just how sometimes things can get out of hand or perceived to be out of hand and just create dangerous yeah. situations for all involved. I mean, and so we just, yeah. we just decided not to do that, but we did take them downtown and showed them all the murals that were painted. We talked about, you know, broken windows. We talked about the things that were written on sidewalks and about the, the names that were, mm -hmm. you know, spray painted on walls and what it meant. And yeah. we, we, we showed them, what it meant to like feel this way mm -hmm. and, and talk to them about that. And, you know, we give our kids books that talk about yeah. empathy and talk about, mm -hmm. you know, treating people kindly and, you know, ask them like, well, what did you think about that? I'm a big proponent of using literature to help teach kids. Mm -hmm. Um, because for myself, I've always been able to really put myself into stories. Um, and so I feel like books are a huge part of learning someone else's experience. So we are big proponents of like, like they have read some pretty deep books. Um, like I would suggest if you're trying to talk to your kids about the civil rights movement, they're kind of rough books, but there is a graphic novel series called March. There's a three part book that's just amazing. And our kids have read it. Um, mm -hmm. Or ghost boys is about like, it's basically the story of Tamir Rice. Um, but just like some really great, really great literature out there to really help kids 
understand and obviously not really young kids, but help kids kind of put themselves in those experiences Mm -hmm. and understand what it was like. Or like White Bird is a great graphic novel about the Holocaust. And there's just a lot of really great literature that can help kids understand the experiences of others that are maybe not in their socioeconomic, um, gender, you know, race, yeah, sexual orientation, all of those things, it can help them put themselves in their shoes to feel their experience and understand it as best they can. Yeah. And I think it's really important. And and whatever your political views are or whatever, it's important to teach your kids how to treat other people kindly mm-hmm. um, and with respect. Because if we don't, like we're just leading to another generation of party lines and, yeah. you know, complaining and screaming at each other. Yeah. Like if we can do our part to create better humans mm-hmm. for the future, then we feel we've succeeded at parenting. Yeah. And that's our whole goal is raising our kids to be critical thinkers, mm-hmm. to live with empathy and sympathy and compassion for other people yeah. and to care about this world and to care about the people that live in it. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the long and short of it. Love and God, love others. Yeah, I mean, that's like, really, that's, that's it. Yeah. Like, and you know, I feel like being a Christian, like it, it's very clear who you should love. Everybody, everybody. And if you aren't doing that, then you're not, <laughs> you're not living up to your call as yeah. a Christian. And so us raising our kids in a Christian household probably looks different than it looks in some other Christian households, but are we are raising our kids to love their neighbor yeah, and to have sympathy and compassion and empathy for everyone yeah. because everyone's your neighbor Absolutely. and it doesn't matter what they look like and what they mm-hmm. believe. It matters that, you know, they are divinely created yeah. and they're here on this earth for a purpose and it's not up to us to decide what that purpose is. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked a little bit about this and the loving others, Um, episode that we did, but you know, when Jesus talks about loving your neighbor and people are like, Oh, well, Jesus, who's our neighbor. He then tells the story of the um, good Samaritan. And that story is just shocking to the people because he's talking about a person that should have been the man's enemy. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's who he should love. Yeah. If you guys want a really good book, there's a book called the Samaritan road. Yeah. And um, it's really good. It talks about just having empathy for other people Mm -hmm. and what it looks like to love your neighbor. Yeah. Um, So we'll, we'll link all these books in the show notes. um, The ones that Jess talked about the graphic novels that can really introduce hard topics for your Mm -hmm. kids. Um, We feel that, I mean, being in the socioeconomic status that we have in America and being a white family, like we have a duty, <laughs> we have a duty to teach our kids what empathy looks like mm-hmm. and what it means to, you know, seek equity for others. Yeah. Um, and to seek empathy for other situations. Yeah. Um, and so we'll, we'll link these mm-hmm. in the notes for you guys because they're awesome. And they're like, we said, they're graphic novels mm-hmm. for the most part. And so it makes it really easy for kids to read it. And it also yeah. helps them because there are pictures that yeah. like then will, show them what they're reading. And yeah. I think it's really important for them not, to understand that. They're not overly graphic. horrifically <laughs> graphic. I mean, they're pretty graphic, but they're not like. They're true. They they're speak true. the truth. Yes. And that's one thing that I will never shy away from. Like um, 
some of these books were pulled from the shelves. Um, banned literature. They weren't really banned, <laughs> but they were just like, oh, maybe these aren't great for kids under sixth grade or whatever. But I have been a firm proponent that you should never soften history. We should never try to make it palatable. Yeah. Um, because it's not. And there's so much within our current education system that we don't teach our kids because it's not palatable. You know, well, it's it's also that the people who were oppressed weren't writing the history. Yeah. So there's a lot there that like we as privileged people need to teach our children mm. so that they know how to empathetically understand the experiences of others and to recognize that they come from a place of privilege and that they can't ever truly understand the experience. Absolutely. This walked. Yeah. Um, we were watching a TV show the other night that was actually did a really good job of so good showing this and it came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. And it was like, so it was there, hard to watch. There's a show um, on NBC. Yes. Um, called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And I mean, if you, it's, I, it's my like, yeah, it would be my dream. Like basically <laughs> long and short like this. If you haven't seen it, this main character, she like hears people's inner thoughts through, through song, song. <laughs> and it's really great. It's like every episode is a musical and yeah. just loves it. Yep. But they tackled these challenges mm -hmm. of what it feels like to be um, a, a black male in a all white dominated career, basically. Mm -hmm. And what, what you, she should do as a white female yeah. um, and how difficult it is and but how it, like, hard it is. Like her, it confronted her privilege. It confronted his struggle and it like, well, and her bias, her bias. She didn't even recognize. It was and, a really, really great take and yeah. it ran two episodes. And I don't, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to continue because the new I episodes mean, haven't come out yet, Just, but it's, it's really a great eye opening piece of mm -hmm. pop culture. That's really hitting things. And I think that in today's day and age, like, you see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. You see people waking up and realizing that we've been doing it wrong for a long time. Well, I think and I think that we need to teach our kids that it's okay that we messed up um, yeah. and they can fix it. Like mm -hmm. they have the power in their well, hands to be able, like we shouldn't like, we should also we be shouldn't a part give of up, the solution. <laughs> but if we are raising our kids with empathy and compassion for everyone, then yes. they can then carry this into the future of creating a more equitable society for all Absolutely. for creating a society mm -hmm. where, you know, everyone can flourish and grow and mm -hmm. live the American dream. That's not just held for some. And I think that it's really important to be able to teach your kids where that comes from yeah. and how to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I think really, truly the first step to any of that, to being able to teach your kids that is educating yourself. Mm -hmm. um, confronting there, your own bias there. Oh <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there are so many good books out there that can really start stirring those questions within you. Um, there are so many good documentaries. Like I would really suggest watching 13th. It's a really good documentary mm -hmm. that really confronts our justice system and some of but. the many, but there's just, there's so many things. And so first off, educate yourself start educating yourself, start checking your own biases, start working through things that you realize 
would not be something you want to pass on to your kid. Mm-hmm. Like if there's something within you, maybe it's even like, hey, I'm a little bit angry or hey, I gossip a little bit when I get around a friend or whatever, like whatever it is that you realize and see in yourself that you're like, I don't want to pass that to my kids. You can't not pass it to them unless you decide to change it within yourself because they're going to see that acted out. And then that's going to be something they think is okay. For sure. Yeah. So we got off on a little bit of a a tangent away from kids and about social justice, but but it's it's important. Really, It's important to raise good humans. You have to teach them how to love everybody. And that includes confronting biases. That includes Mm -hmm. teaching empathy. It's on on everything though. And like we said, it's not shying away from hard topics. And I think that's the biggest thing that we as parents or our kids can do is not shy away from hard topics Absolutely, that live in the current events, mm-hmm. you know, have discussions with your kids about what's happening in the world and, and really educate them on, you know, what's going on around them and, yeah. and involving them. Well, And it, it can be in a way that's, you know, obviously, friendly, yeah. obviously like you're not going to just you know, blab everything that's going on. It's like you, you need to obviously approach it with, you know, some kid gloves, <laughs> like, yeah. but, but we, you know, we do talk about hard things with our kids and I think it's important. Yeah. So, well, and because if you're talking about hard things, it opens that door of communication that shows them that you're not going to shy away from things. So it also, then allows them to have a safety net within you because they know that you're willing to talk about anything and everything with them, then they're not going to hide things from you Mm -hmm. when they're in trouble or when they need help because they're going to know that you are a place that's safe and that's, um, has their back and supports them. And then they'll bring those problems to you. Mm-hmm. And it won't be such a big deal to openly talk to you because it's been something you've been doing about everything. Yeah. And then it just leads them to grow up to be those parents to their kids as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when you show your kids what it looks like to be a good parent, to be an involved parent, to be a good husband mm-hmm. or wife, like they carry those things forward into their lives without you. Yeah. Um, and into their lives with their future spouses and future Absolutely. children. And it's important to, to set a standard. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to be perfect about it all the time, no. but it is important we to, are not. to try. Yeah. Um, it's important to get your kids involved in things um, and be involved in their lives. Yeah. So and parenting's hard. Yeah. There's so much grace. Like we all make mistakes. We all do things that we're like, Whoops. Well, <laughs> that wasn't a great move. I'm going to have to undo that one for the next year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like it's, I mean, truly we all mess up. We might say the wrong thing in our frustration or we mm-hmm. might make the wrong choice sometimes because we just don't know what the right choice is. And, and that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. There's grace in that. Yeah. And in that too, though, but admitting you were wrong is yeah. a big thing too. You know, if you're, if you are overly angry with your, you know, children and you yell at them or whatever, like apologize, apologizing and like being like, Hey, like, I'm sorry. I messed up. Mm -hmm. Like that was wrong. And I shouldn't have reacted that way. And I apologize. Mm -hmm. And having them learn how to forgive is huge. Yeah. Because it will then be like, they, they understand it then. And they'll be able to then 
receive forgiveness better and understand what it means when you say like, it's okay. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it, it, it's okay that you stole Billy's toy. It's okay that you did this. Like you were mean to your brother today. Like I forgive you and they forgive yeah. you. And then it just breeds a, a, a better culture. In yeah. Your home. It also teaches them that like, even your parents aren't above asking for forgiveness when they mess up because we are not perfect. No. So, yeah. So obviously this is a, a a lot longer of a topic. We could definitely totally. we talk could about probably. raising kids for like a, a thousand hours. <laughs> like <laughs> we could probably have a whole podcast on that. Not going to, but no. we could just saying. but if you guys have any questions, if you are new parents, if you are thinking about becoming a parent, mm-hmm. like we got thrown into it real quick. Yes, we you did. Know, we got three kids who are less than three years apart from each other. No, they are three years. They're three apart years apart from each other. <laughs> See, I don't even know anymore because it's been it was a whirlwind. A, yeah. But if you have any questions, like send us a DM on Instagram, shoot mm-hmm. us an email, whatever. Like we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to answer questions you have. If you have parenting advice for us, if you listen to this and you're please. like, wow, you guys suck at this. Like you guys need some help. I hope please not. give us some advice. We'd be more than happy to take it. Yes. Um, we're all about learning and, you know, growing and like really sharing and helping others. And so if you have any advice that we can impart to other people, like we'd be more than happy to hear it. Yeah, um, for sure. But hopefully we'll be back more consistently um, from this point forward. Um, and be able to get these episodes out weekly again. Um, we'll just shoot to have them release on Wednesday, whenever that day is on Wednesday. (laughs) Um, but yeah, if you got any value out of this, we hope you did, um, Mm -hmm. share it with your friends, um, share it with your friends that are struggling with parenting Mm because if they can get a little nugget of information out of it, then it's all worth it. Yeah. So, uh, but until next time guys, we will see you later. Bye.